internet what is up i hope everybody enjoyed last week's podcast okay let's cannonball into business stuff this episode of the podcast is yes once again brought to you by me and we are here to talk about patreon okay we've got big things going on at patreon we've got youtube started and we've got patreon to support that so if you like our youtube page okay at lone element of course you go over there and you're like, oh, wow, I like this content. If you want to help support that content and make it amazing and you love the podcast and what's going on here, then go over to Patreon and jump on Patreon. We've got lots of tiers. I've got a broad spectrum set up to support whatever financial bracket you fall into. Okay, Our first tier is Underway. It's called Underway. It's five bucks a month. What you get for five bucks a month? You get exclusive access to full-length video interviews. Like, we've started doing video interviews. Audio is always going to be free, so you'll be able to f- jump on Spotify or Apple. Podcasts always going to be free, okay? But if you want to watch the video portion of this, you'll be able to catch the highlight clip on YouTube. But if you want the full-length interview slash episode, you got to jump on Patreon and sign up for 5 bucks a month. In addition, that'll give you a monthly live Q&A where I get everybody gathered up on Patreon and we do a live Q&A, and then we record it. So if you miss it, you can't make it, I post the recorded session to Patreon. Then you'll get exclusive posts, photos, and articles, stuff that I post, pictures, all the things. I write articles from time to time about preparedness and readiness and training, mindset, and different tips and tricks and hacks. All right, our next uh, tier is going to be the patrol base. That's 10 bucks a month. That gets you the full-length video interviews. That gets you monthly live Q&A, recorded live Q&A, access to posts for photos and articles but then in addition what that gets you is access to the signal group chat and then a sticker pack so you get a sticker pack with 12 stickers in it and then you will get access to the signal group chat which means you can jump in there and you can push the button and get a hold of me anytime now my competition out there or my peers in the industry i should say they're charging 50 to 100 bucks a month for direct access nope not me 10 bucks a month you'll get access to the signal group chat you'll be able to ping me anytime you want with any questions all right, next tier, and this is our best value and our most popular. It's 25 bucks a month, and this is called the Mission Prep Team Room. It's called Team Room, but we do the Mission Prep stuff in there. What you will get with that is exclusive access to full-length videos. You get the monthly live Q&A, recorded Q&A, exclusive post videos, photos and articles, sticker pat, access to the Signal group chat, bonus video episodes, Tradecraft, okay, and what I do in the Tradecraft videos is we talk about tips, tricks, and hacks for gear, travel, packing, guns, equipment, you name it. We've got tips and tricks that we do in video. Uh, I think the last one we put up was gun painting, which also just went up on YouTube. And then I think we did another one on like what's in my range box. So if you are into that type of thing, that type of content, sign up for the $25 a month. And then also that gets you a free loan element hoodie. So there's a lot of value there. You get a hoodie, you get stickers, you get extra videos, you get access to the signal group chat. It's a pretty good deal. That's our best and most popular value on the site. Then last tier, in this in the stack tier, you get all the aforementioned things, but the cherry on the cupcake for the in the stack, which is 50 bucks a month, is after you've paid into it for six months, you get a training class hosted by me, a firearms training class or low light or force on force training class of your choice. 
which we're going to be getting those up and rolling here pretty soon. Got some exciting things going on with our good friend Brittany May. We're going to be doing some joint courses with her going into winter and spring of 23. So stay tuned for that. Okay. Well, that takes care of business stuff. So now, you guessed it, folks. It's that time. So let's fucking G-O. Because I'm so fucking good. Hey, hey, get some, man, hey. Ta-da! Yeah, we're here. Hi. Hi. It is Weapons Free Wednesday. It is time. It's a bit late, but it's okay. It is late, but we've had a lot going on. Too bad. Mainly me doing what the fuck I want. Yeah. I've been busy. Everyone's been busy. Yeah, you've been really busy. Summer's gone by really, really fast. But you love that. I mean, yes, but also, like, I felt like... Speaking of, like, in our locale environment right now, because we're about to interview Mike Ferris, or Paris, Paris, Paris with a P, not Ferris. I was thinking Ferris Bueller's Day Off for some reason. Mike Paris, we're interviewing him next. Yep. In his lovely, fucking amazing, the house that Mike built. This is the glue room of the Igneous Ski Factory in Jackson Hole. The Ski Factory. So... Here we are. Yep. I've had some great adventuring. Yeah. How was your factory visit? It was great. So me and one of my best fucking humans on planet Earth that shall remain nameless because he fucking absolutely abhors <laughs> any type of fucking social. As a matter of fact, I was telling you this story, so I suppose it's appropriate but to, to tell the internet. But uh, we did a factory tour at Kafaru. Yeah. Because Kafaru has moved to... Wyoming. Yeah. They've got sick of Colorado's woke bullshit and extremely high taxes. And I mean, Colorado is basically turning into California part two. Well, those people moved there and turned into what they wanted. So, so people are, you know, Magpul left. Well, they all moved to Wyoming. Yeah. Everybody's moving to Wyoming, which I support. Like if you're a fucking awesome company that makes awesome gear, move to Wyoming. And the state kind of pushes it, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, they, they give make. incentives to for some sure of those companies. Do. Yep. Yeah, for sure they do. So yeah, we went to the new Kafaru headquarters in what was it in Lander? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, Riverton. Riverton. They're in Riverton. Yeah. Sorry, Riverton. So they're in Riverton. We which went one's to their, in Lander. We went to Mavens and Lander, which we also stopped at. Yeah, just check out my T-shirt. My amazing T-shirt. Maven represent Maven today. Um, so we went to, yeah, uh, we went into. Riverton and went to the Kafaru headquarters and they, they did a great job. As a matter of fact, I think I'm going to try and get Kenzie shout out to Kenzie. She is the PR, uh, the PR person at Kafaru and she was also doing customer service in the showroom. Okay. She was awesome. She did an amazing job. We pulled down packs and frames and she went through all of my, like, she was super patient cause <clears throat> I admitted to her that I like, I'm a mystery ranch disciple. Yeah. <clears throat> which she thought was great, except for the fact that she's like, I hope our new product can like win you over. Mm -hmm. And I checked out some of their features and they have some cool stuff going on with, uh, with what they've done, um, in terms of their framework. I will say though, um, that it's 
still their construction methodology is still very circa like early 2000s it's still very their design look is their design look yeah it's kind still of. very yeah. it's still very like 1000d cordura shitty molded zippers mm -hmm. and like you know fucking their like twine looking pull ties um you know and i'm not being critical because they have they, i mean i am being critical but they You're have being absolutely critical yeah well it's because i'm a designer i'm an yeah. industrial designer and so uh i look at these things and i look at the directions that other pack companies have are are taking and have you know the advancements that they've made in materials and construction techniques and, yeah know, all like the laminates you can get laminates yeah. and hydrophobic materials and laser cutting i'm like I mean, I was an absolute gentleman while I was there and I listened and like went through the whole sales pitch and looked at everything. But in the back of my head, I'm like, do the owners of this company know that there's these things called laser cutters and do they know about ultra lightweight hydrophobic materials? Mm -hmm. Because they're still sewing, they're still bar tacking miles and miles and miles of molly webbing all over their shit, which... yeah. And I just sat there and like we were looking at each other. We're going to have to bleep his name out. I just fucked up. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll bleep it out. Um, anyway, we we looked at we were standing there looking at each other and like looking at her and like looking at the product and both of us were like we had a good laugh about it on the drive home because we were both thinking the same thing. We we're like, you know, <laughs> there's a reason why tactical companies have moved away from that construction methodology. It's also really heavy. It's extremely heavy, and it doesn't look good, and no. it screams tactical. Yes, it screams tactical, yeah. and it's it is heavy as shit. So. Yeah, so Kafaru, you're great. I'm probably gonna get K Kenzie on the on the podcast, hopefully before I take off. But I should have, if I'd known that, I would have asked you to look at their um, was it the mountain syrupy type thing? Oh yeah, yeah, yes. Is that like down? They do have so it's a climb shield. Yeah, it's super lightweight, and then it's like so they make these like we call them whoobies, but they're you know it's the it's your basically your ranger roll, your ranger, your poncho liner, so to speak. That's yep. on that they've done a really great job of like modernizing and making you know, great for hunt. And you can like zip it to make like a sleeping bag and some shit, right? No, 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 no. There, oh. You can button it. You're thinking okay. of the hill people gear. Yeah, that one. That's the mountain syrupy. Yeah, 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 you're thinking of hill people gear. But Kafari started making a, they call it the Weeby, which is like a little tiny version. Okay. Then they make the Wooby, which is the medium version. And then they make the Doobie, which is a double Wooby version. And it's doobie. made out of climate shield and it's, Super lightweight, and it's like 70, it's probably 70D ripstop nylon on the outside. The other thing, too, that I noticed that Kafaru um, was kind of like, is still kind of lacking on, is like they don't have a, a camo pattern, which I mean, I, I know a guy that designed a really great camo pattern, so maybe at some point I'll mention it to him. But the, uh, the, they are still using like Ranger Green and yep. Coyote Brown. Yep. And I'm like, you know, guys, like there's the other leaders in the, in the hunting industry, they brand with their camo. Like you can look at that camo and be like, that's Kuyu. That's Sitka. Yep. That's First Light. That's Under Armour crap. That's Under Armour bullshit. Yeah. yeah. So like you can look at those things and like you can look at those patterns and people are using that for brand recognition, which I think is, re is really, really smart. And I think, I think Kafaru is like, uh, I think you guys are great. I had a great time hanging out with you. I can hardly wait to interview Kenzie. Because she is, in fact, the granddaughter of the founder of Kafaru. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I'm excited to get her on the podcast and interview her. Um, chances are she's not going to hear this podcast, so I can be a little bit critical about their designs. I'm going to tr try and see if I can help them out because they have the most 
in my opinion, out of all of their peers in the industry, they have the most room to try and probably do some, some advancement. Followed, I would say, by um, um, Stone Glacier. Stone, yeah. Stone Glacier is like what Mystery Ranch was like 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And Stone Glacier, yeah. Stone Glacier is also, they're, they're a great company, make great packs, make great gear. But still, like their design methodology still is very much 500D Cordura and fucking nylon strap, nylon webbing everywhere. They look like the pack that's sitting out on your tailgate right now. The, yes. The old my Rudy rock. Reyes generation kill pack. Yeah, my generation kill rock. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that yeah. thing? That thing. So that has a funny thing about that rock. That rock has a, um, that is a mountain rock that was modified by John Willis at special operations equipment back. With, I mean, that was my first industry industry job. I was a Lance corporal fucking working nights after I'd get off duty in Oceanside, uh, for John Willis assembling gear and my payments were in gear. And I was completely fine with that. Is that where you started learning how to use a sewing machine? Yeah, that's where I started learning how to sew, use a sewing machine. Okay. Started learning how to, yes, it's where I started learning how to do all my cut and sew stuff. Shout out to John. Um, he's still in the game, still crushing it, still making great gear. Um, yeah, they're, they're, uh, it, that's, that's where I started at. And that ruck is a ruck mod. Uh, mod one, you know. <laughs> ruck mod one so a bag on a frame somehow no so that... like the um i was using an alice frame until 2000 what was it 2002 2002 there was a marine west show i think it would may have been the first marine west show at camp pendleton and i walked into the tent where they all the vendors had booths set up yeah and i think i'd just gotten promoted to corporal <clears throat> and i walked in and in the back of the tent was Dana Gleason of, of Mystery course. Ranch fame. I was going to say, there is a Mystery Ranch tag on that pack. Yes, and he yeah. had a uh, the, one of the first nice frame prototypes. I think there was only like five in existence at the time. And he and I struck up a conversation, and I started talking to him because I was definitely a fucking interested gear nerd back then. A gear queer, as we like to call them in the, in the Marine Corps. And I was all about having the latest and greatest <clears throat> high-speed gear. Of course, nothing can be standard. Right. So then I started talking to him and we struck up a conversation and I talked to him for about 45 minutes, maybe an hour. And by the end of the conversation, he handed me uh, a nice frame prototype and I was like, here, go test this. And that started my love affair and relationship with Mystery Ranch fucking 20, 20 years ago. Is that 20, that pack? 21 years ago. Yeah, that's that pack. Oh. And that pack went on. That explains a lot. Yeah, that pack went on every combat deployment. I was going to say there's a lot of different countries dirt in that backpack there is i was looking at the different colored splotches yeah there's <laughs> lots of still there's probably still lots of iraq desert and afghanistan <clears throat> desert in that uh in that pack yeah so yeah i let um my buddy whose name we have to bleep out yep um we've been scouting for elk <clears throat> and um i let him use my crew cab to try and just check it out see the, how yeah see the nicer it. bag yeah to see how he likes it and so he actually, because he's also a nerd like me and, and a weight, he's in fact a weight Nazi as I am these days because we're old and ounces make pounds and pounds make pain. Mm -hmm. he, weighed, he weighed my crew cab and he goes, do you know what that pack weighs empty? And I was like, no. And he goes, it weighs 11.2 pounds empty. Heavy. And I was like, wow, I did not know it was that much weight. That used to be light. Yeah. 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 And so then he was like, and do you know what the load cells 
weigh in addition to that? And I was like, no. And he goes, another 1.7 pounds. And I was like, oh, wow. So I'm like tipping the scales at 13 pounds with just mm-hmm. the bag empty if I want to mm-hmm. put things in it and carry mm-hmm. it. And I would say I'm You want to put an elk quarter in there on top of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not smart. Yeah. And so I want to see what uh, that mountain rock weighs empty too because that thing's a beast. I should weigh my mystery ranch. I carried it. it is. I carried it just. I carried it recently on our our like most recent scouting trip because it's all I had left in the storage unit that could I could put multi day shit in. So I was like, I broke out the old mountain rock and took it with me. That thing is still like molded perfectly to my back. I like put it on and I was like, oh, the memories. Yeah. Strapped yeah, yeah. it on on the tailgate, and he was just he was he was just laughing at me. We when we before we stepped off, but that pack by itself is also probably extremely heavy. I'd say heavier than the other one. Probably. By a lot. But I put, <laughs> that's the pack that I, and that pack and the way it carried with that nice frame modification on it. And then where, um, the nice frame modification and then like the, um, amount of weight I could put in it and never failed. Like when we invaded Iraq and they flew us off the ships, we talked about, you know, how we might outrun our supply chain and we might go without. So they wanted us yeah. to pack two weeks worth of water, two weeks worth of freaking, um, you know, um, MREs, two weeks worth of extra ammo, like mission sustainment shit, batteries, yeah, all that. Yeah, batteries, yeah. all the shit. When I weighed my pack on the ship, it was 225 pounds. Fuck that. And then I had another 65 pounds of my LBE gear that I wore. So no, your back pain is not service related. Yeah. Your, your knee pain and back pain is in fact not service related, sir. So, uh, yeah, I was tipping the scales close to 300 pounds. Like when we are over 300 pounds and we, when we hit landfall at camp coyote and got off of our helos. And then I had to rock through nice deep beach sand, Kuwaiti beach sand, a mile and a half. I carried 300 pounds a mile and a half to get to <laughs> our, where our staging area was. And guess what? That pack never broke. It never ripped. It never tore a buckle, like broke a buckle. Like it never, that pack never failed. And so I proceeded to take that on like the other, you know, eight combat deployments that I went on and it never, it never failed me. And so now it's just kind of a relic that I hang on to and it'll get passed on to my son one of these days and he'll probably like throw it on a shelf in his garage and never use it. But that thing's old. (laughs) Right. But it is got... That thing has miles on it, and it's got history on it. Yeah. And it's been to more countries than probably most Americans. Yeah. My, I think my North Face duffel has been to, like, 18 countries. Yeah. 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 But we had, I mean, Mr. Ranch doing a great job. They're still innovating. They're still kicking ass. They've grown a lot in the last five years. They're, they've, they're doing really great things with PAC still. Um, there's supposedly some PAC company. I am not familiar with them. I haven't checked them out. They're called EXO. And they're like a, hmm. you know, contender in the hunting space. So I need to like look at their stuff. And then, so there's like, there's like Kafaru, Mystery Ranch, XO, and then Stone Glacier, kind of the top four pack companies that are doing things in the, yep. in the hunting space. So I'm going to check them all out and I'm just going to see, see who's who in the zoo these days and see what's going on. I mean, chances are nobody's going to be able to. You should take my Mystery Ranch. Yeah. I mean, short of somebody like paying me and sponsoring me. To run their kit, I probably am not going to go away from Mr. Ranch. No. There's a reason. Yeah. Yep. Like, I've been using their packs for 20 years and I've been extremely happy. In combat and hunting for 20 years and I've never had a, I've never had their products fail. I've never had their products. I've never gotten their products in the field and never been like, 
oh, fuck. I wish it did this, or I wish it did that, or I wish it adjusted better, or I wish it had a strap here or a strap. Like they, those dumbass designers didn't think of this. Yeah, they. I didn't have that. I've never had that problem with the Mystery <laughs> Ranch pack. They've always yeah. done a really, really, really great job. And then they've they've gotten like a really wide space of design influence too, between yeah. the firefighting and the military contracts and the private sales and the yeah. OEMs and all the other shit. Yeah, and yeah. the climbing and skiing. Yep. And I mean, that's what's really great about the people that work at that company, like. You know, I mean, Dana's D3, Dana's son, it was the first guest on the podcast, yep. you know, was, was guest to number one on the Lone Element podcast. So, you know, I've, I've had a really, I've had a great relationship with the Gleason family, you know, Paul and D3 and big guy as they call him. And then, uh, you know, uh, Kent and Kenzie that work sales over there and Ben and, um, Ryan and just, there's a whole, there's a whole ton of people over there that I've like, that I've known for a really long time and had a great relationship with. So probably not going to steer me off the path unless like they sit down and slide a contract under my nose and say, we're going to pay you mm -hmm. to, and help us make our products better and amazing. Then I'll be like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll try it. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. 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 But short of that, probably not. Like if I'm voting with my dollar, it's, they're mystery ranch dollars for the most part. Yeah. Unless it's like a niche pack thing, like camera equipment or like yeah. my climbing bags. Oh, yeah, I'll yeah, go with someone true. else. But yeah, for sure. For everyday bags and hunting and heavy use duty stuff, yeah, it's definitely Mystery Yeah, Ranch. and they still don't, as much as I love Mystery Ranch, they don't do an EDC pack. Yep. So Kent, I ran into Kent, who's like their director. He's the director, vice president of military sales. Shout out to Kent. Fucking great dude. Um, I've known him forever. Former SF dude. And just a hunting machine. He's a amazing dude. But... Um, <clears throat> He ran into me at SHOT Show this year, yeah. and I was carrying my Cry Precision, like, EXP 1500, and he mm -hmm. was like, he looked at my bag, and he looked at me, and he goes, bro, what are you doing? And I was like, you guys don't make a fucking EDC pack. Mm -hmm. I go, when you guys start making something that I can use, you know, for a business bag and carry my laptop and iPad and business shit and around. It doesn't look horrible. And it doesn't look like... Because they have like some everyday leisure bags and school bags and stuff and it, it doesn't look no, nice. I'm not a fan of that design no. aesthetic on that mm -hmm. one. Yeah, I was like, when you make a pack that I can like run my laptop in one day and then like run my, you know, 300 blackout, my yep. foldy boy in, the, you know, and yep. take wherever I need to take it to then walk around with that pack, you know, in my pack and nobody's the wiser, then <clears throat> then send me one. Yeah. Send me a pack. I mean, that's one thing that I will, that I absolutely love. And we're going to do a YouTube. We're do, we're in the process of doing a YouTube video on that pack is the, uh, the, how versatile it is from like a travel to, you know, work to EDC bag. And it's very, yep. it's very innocuous. Like they nailed, in my opinion, they nailed the like low visibility that, you know, yep. fucking, kind of niche with that because it's not there's once first of all there's not one ounce of molly webbing anywhere on it nope and it looks very skinny straps it looks modern yeah. it's sleek it's very sleek like it, the shape of it yeah doesn't look anything like your 511 catalog you know it looks like or your vertex catalog yeah your, it looks like yeah. something that like valence did you know, like Arcteryx, like niche right or patagonia elitist or one of those brand. like nice yeah yeah, yeah. Arcteryx, if you guys don't know, has this like niche elitist, super outrageous. Like if you thought Arcteryx gear was expensive, they have a tier above that called Valence. And it's bougie Arcteryx. Bougie, outrageously expensive shit. But it's nice. It is super nice. Yeah. yeah. Griff has some and he fucking boards Materials it. Materials are nice. Yeah. Everything's nice. He's got like a sport coat. 
like a soft shell. I think that's coat. their nicest piece. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely love to own one of those, but they are expensive. I think that's like 2000 bucks or 2500 bucks for their sport coat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it's, and I think the backpack, I, mean, I think the backpack, the one that I'm thinking of that's similar to what I'm talking about is what well, doesn't do EDC stuff. It's not as versatile. It's no. not as versatile, yeah. but it's, that thing's like 1700 bucks, I think, or something. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And the cry is like a couple hundred. Yeah, I think Cry was like, it was like 289 or... Yeah, and then you buy all the parts you need mm-hmm. or yeah. want. But anyway, Kent saw me wearing that at Shot Show and was like, what the fuck, bro? And I just like, I told him how it was. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, make a fucking EDC bag that does as good a job or better than this and I'm in. Yep. That's how I felt the first time Mike caught me not riding Igneous skis. <laughs> yeah. He was like, what the fuck? Yeah. I was like, I got to try what's on the market to see how much better our shit is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you do have to do that. You, you know, have to you got to gut check every now and then. Yeah, I mean, like, I remember early on I was wearing, what was I wearing? Somebody, I, like, did an Instagram Live, I think, and I was wearing that, um, I was wearing that uh, Kuyu top yeah. that I have that I love, yeah. that I will rock around everywhere, that, that Jason Harrison gave to me himself. And um, people were like, what the fuck, bro? Like, you're not even wearing your own shit? Like, you just, you, you're a camo designer. Like, mm-hmm. why aren't you wearing your own shit? Like, what the fuck are you doing? And I, like, had to explain to him. I'm like, hey, man, I don't know how to design my stuff with a technology advancement that's going to be, you know, competitive or superior in, the, in its performance niche if I don't R&D the competition. And right. Figure out why the competition stuff works the way it works. Why do they have market share? Yeah. What are they doing? Is there so. a way of doing it differently or better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And plus, it's a really great piece. And plus, like, I really like Jason. And I'm still really sad that he took his own life. But he, uh, he you know, he gave me that. And I'm going to wear that thing until it's, like, f- a fucking, until it's rotted off my body, pretty much. Until it's, like, full of holes. You can't patch it anymore. And it's just completely <laughs> irreparable. I'm going to wear that thing. Because um, it's a great piece. Like, that's a... That's one of my face, favorite pieces from Kuyu, and I'm going to probably get some more of their stuff in uh, in solid colors. But, uh, yeah, backpack nerd gear things. So what, what else has happened in the last couple of weeks? Like, So I've just been busy scouting elk all over the place. Yeah. Found a shit ton of elk. You haven't done that in a while, so it's good for you. Yeah, no, I haven't done that for a while. And, and I explained to this guy the other day who asked me, what areas are you hunting? And I had to explain to him I'm not hunting cause this year because I'm going to Australia soon. Next year, when I come back, I'm going to be a killing son of a bitch, though. Like, I'm staying. Yeah, you're ne- going to need to get it out of your system. Oh, I'm going to stay. Yeah, because <laughs> I haven't hunted for a few years because the freezer's been full and because I've been busy doing other th- stuff. So, this next year, when I come back from Australia, I'm going to stay. I'm probably going to come a little bit later. So, I'm going to probably come like late May, maybe even early June. And I'm going to stay through late November. Like, I'll probably leave and go back to Australia like right before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because I'm going to kill. As many, I'm going to try and tag out again, mm-hmm. which I've done a few times. Mm-hmm. And tagging out for those of you that don't know, it's when you harvest, you know, one of each species of what you're allowed to, you know, anything that's a general tag. So like I've had, so like two, I've had two or three, two years. I've had two years where I've like gotten three out of the four and I've had two years where I've gotten four out of four, which is an elk, a muley, a whitetail and an antelope. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to do that. Next year when I come back, I'm going to, providing that I draw the antelope, which I got to say is complete bullshit that I think it's hard. Yeah. I think residents, I think it's complete horse shit that residents in this state have to fucking draw for antelope. Mm-hmm. Year, year after year after year. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucking, it's a huge point of contention for me. 
Game and fish, get your head out of your ass. So, yeah, I've been doing that. I've been enjoying that. But I had to explain to a guy, like, I enjoy going out and just finding them and glassing them and watching them Yep. as much as I do hunting them. Yep. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a nice juicy chunk of backstrap on the plate. But I also... You don't have to go kill everything. No, no. I just, I like going out and like finding them and watching them. There's nothing I love more than like climbing up to the top of a, you know, some key terrain and sitting down and whipping out the binos. It's like extreme birding. Yeah. Yes. Like instead of going to a park and looking through to go find some birds. Correct. You're like, I'm going to go climb up that mountain and see if there's critters on the other side. Yeah, I'm going to go climb up that mountain and see if there's like ridiculously huge world record mule deer running around. Right. (laughs) And sometimes there is. Yeah. God damn, I almost said his name again. <laughs> you got to stop. Me and my friend. Stop talking about him. We made a, we found, uh, like we got, uh, we were, I think we we're like three, three for three, three trips out and three, three groups of elk found each time. Sometimes multiple groups of elk found each time in each area. So they just got to oh. still be there in a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I think he has to leave to go to work though. So I don't think he's going to be able to hunt elk, but he's going to hunt deer. So he's been a little bit pissy because he's like, "Fuck, I want to, sh- I want to shoot a deer," and there we we've seen very, very minimal deer. Yeah, nothing with antlers on it yet, but lots of doe, lots of doe mule deer running around out there. So, but I think it's it's good. I told him I was like, "Where there's does, there will be bucks." Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. Don't get dis- don't get distracted because by the time you come back and start hunting from work, by the time you get back from work and start hunting, it's going to be. It's going to be close to the rut. It's going to be close to the mealy rut. Okay. So he, I think he will do fine if he just... He'll continue. do fine. If he continues to be consistent... Then he needs some patience and he'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I told him, I was like, bro, you realize that like this is highly unusual for me to take somebody out and literally every single time we've gone out, we've seen animals and fresh sign everywhere. I mean, sometimes that just means they won't be there in two weeks. Right. <laughs> That's usually what happens with me. You're like, oh, there they are. Yeah, well, that's why you got to be consistent with yep. your, like, scouting. Keep looking for them. You have to, like, track them, yeah. go out every three or four days and stay on them and make sure you're patterning them correctly. So, so yeah. But we've been having fun. And I've been enjoying, I've been very much enjoying the freedom and tranquility of, of, of overlanding life. Living in the truck has been great. So while you're out in the woods, Prigozhin got shot. No, he got blown up. <laughs> Oh yeah, <clears throat> old Prigozhin. Old Prigozhin. He mysteriously, air quotations, crashed in a plane. Is that what I'm to understand? Well, the plane crashed. They don't know what caused the plane to crash. Probably a fucking missile off of a fucking MIG. Or an onboard explosive. Yeah, or an onboard explosive. Yeah. And I just checked into it. Flight radar had an article saying that their uh, transponder wasn't working like seven minutes before it crashed. Oh, weird. Yeah. So it couldn't send its location. That's so weird. So something was being jammed. Yeah. Something was something was jamming them. Weird. But can you imagine being like assassinated and then the president proceeds to go on live television and tell the public what a great service you did for said country that just assassinated you? Yeah, I mean that's Russian that's the Russian playbook. Like that's literally what happened. That's that's the espionage play Cold War playbook one oh one is what that is. That's savage. Yeah. Yeah. He did a great service for this country. Mm -hmm. We will always remember him. We're going to bulldoze all the Wagner grave sites. Yes. Erase everything to do with Wagner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And then they'll just start a new group that's called something else. 
Yeah, what did Blackwater turn into? Was oh, it tri- God, triple canopy had, yeah. and the other one and then no. the other one? No. Blackwater was like we were Blackwater. Then we were Blackwater USA. Then we were um National Training Center. Then we were Z uh and then we were Academy and then Administrative Results. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And then we got uh purchased by a huge security global security conglomerate called Constellus Group who purchased they purchased a bunch of companies to incru- to include I think they started with Triple Canopy they purchased them mm-hmm. first and then they purchased a bunch of other little satellite companies okay and then they ended up purchasing Academy and then yeah cuz like the dissolution of Wag- Wagner is like it doesn't benefit Russia no right like that's my my thinking on that. Yeah, you just killed off your plausible deniability. Correct. For I every, mean, everybody like everyone to, knows it's the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, you just killed off all your plausible deniability. Anything that you could blame on a rogue contracting operation. And there's like three coups going on in Africa right now. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm surprised gonna, they offed him at this time. Yeah, right. Who's going to manage the coups that right. are going on? In <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Russia really not doing a great job at war fighting. Okay, so what if it wasn't the Russians? I mean, do you think the Ukrainians have that capability? Because it would definitely benefit them. <laughs> yes, it would benefit the Ukrainians. They could have and maybe pulled that off. I wouldn't put it past them. Yes, they do have those capabilities. I think that, yeah, I don't think we would have touched that because we probably liked the 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 contentious relationship that was going on there and the potential right. that was right. about to happen was just two month was, anniversary dead. Yeah. That's our, that was our, that was very much in our best interest uh, in terms of like watching a pure adversary rattle apart at the fucking mm-hmm. seams. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think we would have done that. I, but the Ukrainians, however, I mean, they've been, someone's been putting drones down in Moscow. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me if they had the capability of somehow blowing up a plane. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would not put anything past Ukrainians. They still suck at some things, but are still very much good at other things. Because that would be like a brilliant move, right? Mm -hmm. Like they take him out and then everyone's like, oh, Putin did it. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that is a great great chess move. Yes, and that's a great point. So yeah, it could have been them. But I think we should definitely make stickers for ODG. Progosian didn't kill himself. Uh, Yeah, I think so. Should happen. Yeah. We can do that after this. I think it would be perfect. And it's like the meme picture of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or he's like yelling at the other general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The memes The memes have been fire. You're pro Wagner. <laughs> you can't do that. Watch me, bitch. Watch me. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So what else has happened? Okay. So Prigozhin didn't kill himself. What else? What else has been going on in the news? Chinese laser conspiracy. Oh, yeah. You sent that to me and I was like, oh, my fuck. <laughs> Yeah, we don't usually go down the conspiracy rabbit hole, but I guess we could do two for two today. Yeah, we could definitely. <laughs> yeah. So the Chinese laser. Okay. So then people are thinking that the Chinese or the weather balloons, air quotations, mm-hmm. weather balloons mm-hmm. were in fact a diversionary measure because then we, no one was paying attention to the, well, at least the public. I guarantee the NSA was fucking paying very close attention. Um, there was Chinese satellites that were in fact being maneuvered around. And one of which has some type of laser capability. 
supposedly. And people saw weird green lasers coming out of the sky. That was before. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that was the test run. Yeah, now it's a blue laser. <laughs> oh, now it's a blue laser. Yeah. And blue lasers may set things on fire. Well, no, that was the, um, the whole thing is there's videos of these Chinese lasers that are blue and they were going over different materials mm-hmm. and things that were blue wouldn't burn oh, because really? like the colors cancel out, mm-hmm. right? Because it's a blue filter on a blue laser. Yeah. And so in all the media pictures of burnt up Lahaina, things that were blue weren't melted or burnt up. So like the whole hotel Ooh. is like burnt up, but the blue umbrellas weren't. And like the red car and the yellow car were burnt up were right next to the blue car. That was fine. Unless someone was like, oh, no, that's just my blue car. I drove there to go take the pictures. But like there's consistent imagery of blue shit that wasn't burnt. Fucking weird. Yeah. <clears throat> well, if that doesn't get the conspiracy fires burning, I don't know. No, here's the well, other one. Uh, Coulter, who's big into the conspiracy things. Mm-hmm. He was like, dude, did you know that the police chief at Lahaina was the same police chief that got moved there after Mandalay Bay in Vegas? What? Yeah. So after the... The Vegas shooting the in Mandalay Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the police chief there got sent to Maui. It was the police chief <laughs> during the fire. Oh, wow. <laughs> Coincidence or just really bad <laughs> luck on his part? Yeah, well, I did see some video. I did see some video that really raised my eyebrows, and I was like, what in the fuck is going on here? Where you had a police officer of, uh, basically shutting down public food, food distribution. No way? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. He pulled up and was like, hey, we got to shut this down. And like people were starting to fucking get nuts. And he's like, I don't have any explanation for you. It's coming from you know above me, but I have to shut this down. And I'm like... And supposedly people are getting evicted from homes that didn't get burnt down. Yeah. Why? Good question. Real estate prices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easier yeah. to big a big big resort over there if they own all the land, I guess. Yep. Who knows? Or if your clients are now paying if you or if you have renters that were paying X and now you can get double X because there's a housing shortage. Right. You kick them out and then you get a new renter in there that wants to pay double or triple what the old tenant was paying. Or you can say that it's not safe to live in because of all the smoke and inhalation and whatever and mold mm-hmm. and you kick them out and you build a new house. Yeah. It's okay. The games we play. Yes. The games humans play. Yeah. Very Yeah, interesting. T- it's wild. Wild time to be alive. I've also had some very interesting conversations as of late about the lunacy that's going to be the 20 Uh, the the presidential campaign for 24 is going to be can you cross that bridge when you get to it it's going to be it's going to be absolute (laughs) insanity it's going to be insanity i'm i'm excited to just sit back and watch from the comfort of australia i'm going to get popcorn and just watch the absolute lunacy unfold dude it is kind of bad that the rest of the world looks at our politics like a bad game show it is like, because it is like the Americans don't give a fuck about anyone else's politics. Right. But everyone else around the world is like, did you know what Trump did? Did yeah. you know what Biden did? Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm telling you, when, you know I was, dumb when, when I was over Australia, I'd be like sitting on Kate's couch and watching, you know, like she loves to, she loves to get up really early in the morning and make coffee. You can't talk to her. You're not allowed to talk to her unless it's a certain time. Mm hmm. So you don't talk to her mm-hmm. until she talks to you. She turns on, <laughs> she's that kind of morning person. And she, she, she turns on the news and you, the, 
you would watch the news in Australia and it's like half of it is their local stuff yeah. going on. And the other 50% of it is like what happened in the U S yep. This happened and that happened. And Trump did this and Trump got arrested. Mm-hmm. Trump's got a warrant out for his arrest and, and Biden did this and mm-hmm. Kamala Harris did that. And I'm like, I'm like, I just looked why? at her and I'm like, this is what you guys, this is, this is on Australian news. Yeah, this is your news. Like, yeah. why are you covering? Why, why is this a big deal over here? But it is, you're correct. Whatever's going on here is also going on in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. They're very, very interested in what happens in the United States. And they're all laughing at us. Yeah. It's okay. I'm laughing at it too. Mm-hmm. It's pretty comical yeah, at all times. Of us, yeah, yeah. We laugh yeah. at it as well. <laughs> we sit back and we're like, these fucking idiots again. Yeah. So, yeah. We've got some interesting things as of late. But overall, it's been fun. On another note, like we've had, uh, what else has happened? Potentially picked up a new client for for product stuff. Potentially. Potentially. We're going to see what happens with that. I'm excited about that. Um, they're a competitor of Huxworks, which I think is, is great. I think that's <laughs> sweet fucking justice. Well, everyone knows who that is now. Because I've been like holding... <clears throat> I've been holding back on my opinions of like the, what I experienced doing consulting work at Huxworks. And let's just say it was not a great... It was not a great experience. And it was... It was a massive test of my patience and professionalism, which I pulled off. I was great. I was polite. I was professional. I, d- I, made it, I made it clean out of the situation without telling anyone to go fuck their face, which is a first for me. That's pretty good then. Yeah. I think, you, I think I'm me. proud of you. Yeah. You did good. Yeah. So, you know, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that that came to a conclusion and I'm, I'm glad that I, I made a, I PR'd. I basically had a personal record of exiting the situation and not telling people exactly what I thought of their work, not only their work performance and quality of work, but their, how fucking stupid they are. It's okay. They're not the best suppressor mark maker on the market right no, now. So it doesn't matter. They're not. They got knocked off their pedestal by a company. By that, several companies by, now. Yeah. By yeah. several companies. Yeah. So it's great. And everyone's infringing on their patent and they're not enforcing it. So. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People are just running over that flow through uh, patent like it's their job and, mm-hmm. and they're not doing jack shit about it. So too bad. Yeah, it's fine. We ev- everyone is better for it. Yeah. To be fair. Yeah. So Yep. Yep. But so yeah, we have a new company that is not only a competitor but making a superior product. So we're we're excited about that. That's in development. We'll see if that, that goes well. And then we had to we had some, of course, industry drama because the defense tactical industry is, in fact, filled with fucking posers, liars, thieves, and fucking idiots and really, really interesting personalities. And we had a company that we were working with for a long time, and they have a owner who's a notorious asshole and tantrums like a fucking, like a five-year-old. Are we going there? Yeah, we are. Okay. And... um <laughs> We had to, <laughs> we had to disconnect. <laughs> like I emailed this guy to get a quote for another customer and he acted like a complete fucking shit heel and was like, after what you said to me, you, what'd he say? After what you said to me, you dare come to me for help and you want something from me is I think what his email said. And I was polite. Once again, said another personal best where I was like, Oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. That's not my recollection of the events that you're describing. And I guess since this was my answer to me requesting a quote for pricing on, you know, not a small number of your product to, you know, sell to this customer for this contract that Mm -hmm. I have, 
um, I will source product elsewhere. Yep. And I was really polite to him. Not so much polite on, on social media, which that's that's my MO. That's, I think the world has woke, at least our community has woken up to that company's shenanigans. Yes, because bullshit. several people were like. It became very public a couple weeks ago or yeah. months ago. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. Uh, he he does a really really great job of like pissing off, yeah, other companies and other people, and he's a little crybaby and he likes to th- he likes to threaten to sue people even though he has zero case. Like there's this one company that wanted to build an accessory to augment his product, and he and they're they're friends of us. We've done some. They're they're great great people. Shout out to emissary. We've we've done some R and D for their paddle shifter and put had end user input and. It's a great product. They make, they make great accessories. I love their stuff. And uh, we, they had a very, very public war. Yep. <laughs> and it was because Corey Starr, who owns ModLite and is a fucking idiot um, and is the dipshit that I'm talking about, basically um, you know, was tantruming and throwing a shit fit because Mseri was trying to build a product that was going to augment Correct. their pistol light and make it better, the switching. Yep. Because Corey fucked up the switching. And, and, he, and he, like the internet told him he fucked up the switching yeah. and he did nothing. To, he doubled down and didn't change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And then he took it a step further where he promised he really, the shit really hit the fan. And this is why I was like, when he sent me that email, I'm like, really, bro? Like, you would think that you could use all the friends that you could get right now. And right. the fact that I'm being nice and friendly to you, even though you've already been a previously a cocksucker to me, is kind of a big, it's a big, that's a big deal. Once again, me striving to be a better human. And, and I gave you like a third chance because one night he called me. I, the, imp, the, the input that he got from the community regarding his, you know, pistol light switching was what I gave him when he was like, you know, showing me the early prototypes of it. And then like <clears throat> he... I told him, I was like, bro, you did R&D in a bubble because he sent it out to one individual um, to get, you know, feedback on. Mm-hmm. And that one individual has, you know, is a very amazing instructor and a friend of mine. And he just has a very narrow purview of like what he particularly thinks is important when it comes to light employment and training and kind of imparted his training methodology and experience into what he thought the product should be. Yep. So basically Corey did R and D in a fucking echo chamber, got a sample size of one. Yep. That sample size of one was in fact incorrect. I mean, there's a reason why there's a momentary setting on every fucking other light in the goddamn industry. Corey, you fucking moron. Okay. There's a reason why every other fucking light had mm-hmm. every, the leaders in the industry all have a momentary feature on their light or they're capable of it. Yes. You can program it to do it. Yes. Yeah. There's a reason for that because it is an important setting and there is an important time and place and application that you would want to use momentary light. So when I brought this to his attention, his response to me was, well, first of all, he told me, oh, that antiquated Surefire Institute bullshit that you know, that's fucking, it's fucking dumb. He said that to me. It's fucking dumb. And it's time for people to wake up and realize that that stuff is old and antiquated and there's a new way of doing things. And I'm like thinking to myself, oh, because light on, stay on is a fucking, is a whole new, that's a fucking revolutionary concept. And logically, do you want that? No. Right. Exactly. Like just logic. So I'm, I was just like, uh, okay. And I was patient with him and I let him 
you know, go on his little tirade. And then I tried to reapproach him. And then there was some the situation that occurred on social media. And I, I basically, you know, com made a comment and I was like, there's, you know, momentary, you know, a momentary capability on a weapon light exists for a reason. And he, for whatever reason, took that as the most personal insult that he's ever heard in his life. Mm -hmm. And he didn't comment anything on that thread, but instead he got drunk on a, a, a couple bottles of wine and got his little fucking t telephone tough guy fucking pants on and called me, called me and was like, so drunk he was slurring and was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Who the fuck are you even? And like, just dropping F-bomb after F-bomb and telling me I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about and I'm a dinosaur and I'm antiquated and the things that I teach and know are antiquated and I just fucking realized he was drunk and I did not want to tor torpedo the fucking relationship, of course. So I was like, I was like, cool, bro. I was like, I think you really need to go sleep this off. <laughs> and so I... <clears throat> go to timeout. Yeah. And so I, I told him, go to, go to timeout sleep it off and then let's have a conversation about it when you're lucid. And then we never spoke yep. again for a really long time and then proceeded to do business where I like ordered a bunch of product and then, you know, resold it on the website. And we've, we've done that a couple of times. And then this recent go around, like I wanted a quote for a particular head for a particular customer with the particular, you know, set of uh, features on it and some semi-custom coatings and I asked for a quote and he came back as a complete fucking asshole. And I was like, bro, this is like strike four for you. And I don't suffer assholes. And I've already done a really, really good job by like not finding you at shot show and fucking hitting you so hard when you woke up, your clothes were out of style. Cause I'm that dude like raised on a ranch or publicly berate you on the show floor. Yeah. Or just fucking make you feel like you're two inches tall. It's okay. He's, he's done his own damage to his company yeah. on the internet with Navy SEALs moderating it. It's okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which I, I guarantee you, Bruiser, like, like Bruiser's been following the fucking traffic. The amount that. of zen that that dude had yeah. to moderate that was brutal. Well, he follows, he follows us on ODG and he was like, he was, he was watching the, he liked he liked the post and he was like watching some of the comments. Yeah. So like I know I know he was probably like silently shaking his head and like you know he was that Jeremiah Johnson meme that you see where you're just like smiling and shaking your head. <laughs> so we're fan of Bruiser, we like them. Even though he's a Navy SEAL, and we don't hold that against him. Um, teaches great stuff. Yeah. Precision. What does he teach? Scope car scope carbine scope carbine stuff. Yeah. So yeah, excited to get out and maybe train with him one of these days. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not ashamed or, you know, I, it, here's where I am with the whole defense tactical industry because I've been in it for 20, this next SHOT Show, SHOT Show of 24 will be my 20th year anniversary in this industry. And like I said, it's filled with posers, liars, and thieves. It's filled with idiots like Corey and just, and it's filled with bigger companies that will try and fuck you and not, and then act like they did nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, you know, not to mention any names, London bridge trading or trading group. Um, we're going to, you know, continue to chop through that jungle of fucking shit bags. And we're going to continue to do business because my passion has always been to put out an innovative quality product for the end user. And we're a small shop and, you know, we are often, you know, hand to mouth in terms of our funding and in terms of putting out product, but the product we do put out and we get out to market, like, you know, just to give you an example, like the onset light, 
Yep. We've been through, I don't know, three, we've, we've had three successful runs of onset with the mounts and we've had zero returns. Yep. So zero product failure rate, which is awesome. So the stuff that we do, you know, get out to market, people love it. It sells out fast and people are super happy with it and it doesn't fuck up or break. So I'm happy with that and we'll continue to grow as we can grow organically. But I'm over dealing with like my, my policy is like on social media channels. If you act like a fucking idiot, I will burn you the fuck down. Like people stand around and eat popcorn and watch and laugh at you and Just give you thumbs up yeah. emojis. Chances are, you know, on a, on an actual business phone call and on a business, you know, dur and during the course of like email correspondence, I'll be super polite and professional, but on social media, because I feel like that's the appropriate venue, you know, I will, I will, in fact, if you act like a fucking asshole, I will in fact call you out on it and I will, I will melt your face off. I will respond in kind and you won't like it. So that's kind of where I'm at with the industry these days. That's why I like, you know, Huck's works. Like they make a good product, decent. Pr pr well, they, no, I'd go to say they make a good product. It's a good product. It's a good product. Yeah. But you know what else? If somebody paid me six figures a year to sit in an office like Dave Sanders and fucking make the same goddamn product, you know, iterate one particular product set for, for fucking 12 years. Cause I knew the, I knew the original designer and owners yeah. of OSS and you know, I know where that product you know, where that design Genesis came from. So it's not even like Dave came up with it. He just took something that was good and like iterated it and is sat in a room, sat in an office and in a, in a R and D lab and he's iterated and iterated and iterated for 10 years. I think if somebody gave me one project to work on for a decade, it'd probably be pretty fucking good too. Yeah. Or at least you would hope it would. You would hope it would. You would hope it would be. And that you'd use it. Yeah. So yeah, that's just kind of where I'm at with the industry, you know? And then maybe don't act like a little fucking baby when somebody comes in and has some constructive feedback for you, or maybe has some really, really great ideas of ancillary products that you could make. And you are a fucking idiot and have analysis paralysis and don't want to do anything because you just want to focus on your pet little project, which is suppressors. You don't want any other resources taken away from your little suppressor project to fucking fund or feed or grow any other ancillary product lines, which is what happened. Yeah. So. Their loss. Yeah. So we're on to the next. We're on to the next. Yeah. But I'm done. I'm done, you know, being polite and considerate and turning the other cheek, you know, and a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, well, what you said is unprofessional. Well, we wouldn't be at what I'm saying at the unprofessional part if there wasn't this like little universal, you know, law called cause and effect. And in fact, like I'm actually a really happy go lucky Love to fucking have fun, love to joke around and love to make really, really great, cool product um, kind of guy. And when you create drama in the workplace or when you start playing like little corporate warfare games where you're, you know, telling me one thing, but then telling corporate officers of the company another thing or making up rumors or, you know, conducting, you know, sabotage operations on things that I'm working on, then yeah, I'm just over that and you're going to get fucking dimed out. Cause I'm just tired of it. I'm sick of it. I'm 20 years deep in it. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm tired of it. So that said, I feel like that was the, that was the ranting portion. Yeah. You do feel I mean, better. Yeah. I got my, I got okay. my, I got my rant out, but yeah, it all boils down to like what my friend Matt Griffin at combat flip flops has coined and has said, just be a better human. Okay. And unfortunately the tactical defense space has a shortage of that. 
So just be a good human and uh, tell the truth. Be a professional. Don't fuck over people, other people for money or steal their designs or ideas and act like they're yours. And, you know, the world will be a better, better place. Yep. So on that note, what are we at? Look at that. Sliding in at 53 minutes. Cool. You got dad advice? Do not listen to Steven Seagal's reggae album. It's <laughs> fucking horrible. You don't want, you didn't listen to, you didn't love, what is it, what is it, Tales from the Crystal Cave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tales from the Crystal Cave. Where, where his hands on the guitar photoshopped with his face. Probably. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have black hands. No. <laughs> no. Oh, is that what, is yep. that what the yep. album art is? Yep. He's yep. black hands on the guitar. On the sitar or yeah, whatever it is. The yeah. sitar, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! Just yeah, don't. people still send me memes of that guy all the time. Good, it's good for you. Yeah, no, it's not. It I, is. That's a chapter of my life that I just really, really want to forget more than anything. Too bad we will remind you over and over year again. Yeah. Year the patrons after, yep. do a really great job of like sending me Steven Seagal memes all the time. Good. So, and then randos, randos from the internet on Instagram will send me. Steven Seagal shit all the time. I don't even know who the fuck these people are. They probably heard like know me from the cleared hot days mm -hmm. or listen to my podcast on cleared hot. And they know that I in fact used to do close protection and training work first and tech advisory for film stuff for Steven Seagal. And it was not, it's a, it's a dark chapter in my life that I'm not proud of. And I'm, I really wanted to just die, but it, it, the, the internet will not let it. On that note, I think I'm gonna have a big party though, because he's a fat fucking piece of shit, and eventually he's gonna have a heart attack, and he's gonna keel the fuck over. And on that day, I'm going to throw a fucking huge party. I'm gonna invite all the patrons. We're just gonna have. We're a just huge... gonna watch Under Siege on loop. Yeah, for... we're gonna watch Under Siege, <laughs> and we're gonna have our own huge birthday oh cake with a girl with big tits to pop out of it. Okay. Yeah, I'll make a note of that. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. We'll do it on the deck at the bird. <laughs> I don't think you can use their stripper pole anymore, but okay, we can try. We'll do it. I'll talk to Will. He'll let me do it. Yeah. <laughs> I know people there. I am the Dan I am the deck champion. Mm -hmm. <sighs> well, I'd say that probably, that probably wraps up this fine episode of Weapons Free Wednesday. What are we at? 54? 55. This is 55? Did yeah. you check? Yeah. We're at 55. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. Weapons Free Wednesday, 55. And then who do we got coming? We've got Dean. From Rising Sun Podcast coming Dean. on, on mm. Monday, right? Yep. Okay. Shout out to Dean. Love me some fucking Dean. He's a great dude. I hope you guys enjoy that podcast. All right. Are you ready to get the fuck out of here? Yeah. We okay. got Mike over there. All right. Mike's ready to go? Yeah. Mike's outside? Mm -hmm. All right. Fucking let's get after <laughs> some Mike. All right. Wherever you're at on the globe, thanks for joining us for this episode of Weapons Free Wednesday. We will check you out later. Peace. Well, discipline, BC! <laughs> Need more help!